Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation podcast with me, Katrina Julia. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and a transformation coach. Jumpstart transformation to time to transform, to boss brand, to money maker, to inspiring with influence and more. So let's create. And I lost over 55 pounds four years ago with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, Meal Bags, Team Edge, NASA, a certified public accountant. I've served in over eight industries, generating others over seven to nine figure results consistently while having my own money in chaos to create a life and a business I love. It's about the passion, the purpose, the people, and the profits to create a life and a business you love. Tune in to the stories and the journey as we create It's a Fit Life Creation. Today, we're hosting again, Chris Christensen, which I'm super excited to be here with because always a pleasure and always learn a ton. If you haven't yet uh, listened to our episode 53 with Chris, we talked so many things. Being an entrepreneur, being a founder, a podcaster for over 13 years, software guru, over 4 million downloads in 2017, I remember, or 2018. I know there was a time, okay, I know there's a time trajectory window there. Close, close to four minutes. <laughs> yes, the years sometimes get us confused, right? And so many different amazing things with influencer marketing, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism, and connecting via Travel Blogger Exchange, as well as the creator of Blogger Bridge. So super excited to have Chris again. Welcome. Thank you. Keep coming back. Kind of like bad pizza. <laughs> I prefer healthy, tasty treats, but if you like bad pizza, <laughs> there you go. I, I burned actually. I burned pizza once in college with a friend, and we actually completely loved it. So I don't know if there's any bad pizza. <laughs> Side note. Uh, didn't expect that analogy, but I'm always ready to flow. So how are you doing, Chris? How did 2018 end? And what's going on with amateur traveler life? Just all of it. <laughs> sure. Uh, so t- 2018 was uh, complicated. Uh, 2018 and I had a complicated relationship. Uh, you know, and not just uh, news and current events and things like that, but it happened to be the year we moved my parents, for instance, out of their house they moved into in, in 1964. And you know, had to, uh, since they are 91 and maybe two years old, uh, basically my wife and I did most of the work for that, all the packing and all of the sorting and lots of throwing out and uh, 
and that happened all fairly quickly at the beginning of the year and took over my parents' finances, unfortunately, because of some things that had happened. Wow. Which, you know, uh, is always, uh, makes it a little more tough. Uh, and, you know, I was spending most of the year doing software contracting, probably hit a little less uh, contracting work there than I had anticipated, uh, lower than my goals. And then at the same time, you mentioned 4 billion downloads. And I, I kind of backed away from that and said, no, 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 we only we did a little less than that. If you add up the four podcasts I did, we did do over 4 million downloads last year. Amateur Traveler did uh, 3.9 million okay, last year. Okay, but still. That's twice as much as the year before. So that was kind of a nice, <laughs> nice bonus. Uh, oddly enough, as a travel journalist, I felt like I didn't travel as much last year, uh, which I really didn't compared to the year before. And in some ways, it was good because I had you know this this uh, sandwich generation uh, responsibilities here in terms of doing some elder care. But uh, we saved a lot of the interesting travel for the year for late. So, and then a lot of travel got. Uh, pushed off. The end of the year I was gone for a whole month, uh, my first trip all the way around the world uh, on the way to, uh, to two major destinations, uh, to Japan with my family for a couple weeks and then to Botswana on a safari, a sponsored safari for uh, better part of a week and a half. That's amazing. So, I think that was after the last episode that we did. That was after the last episode. Yeah, if you didn't hear me mention doing a podcast that got interrupted by a lion, it was definitely after that. <laughs> that was. But you did email about that because I remember you emailing about that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that and several trips to Florida as I was working for Universal Orlando as one of their uh, sponsored bloggers on the Blog Squad last year. That's amazing! So Congratulations. Trips some trips to the south. That's amazing, congrats on that as well. So as you thought about, Chris, 2018, and what were your best of and or what you learned in 2018, whether it was, you've obviously hit on already a couple points, personal related, travel related, and with travel, it could be like a lion interrupting your podcast. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it, I would definitely see that as a best of. And as long as nothing else happened other than him interrupting. As long as, you know, there was the turning on the recording saying, I, I feel strange turning this on because I feel like this, the beginning of, well, all we found was this recording, but yes, it did not yes, turn out yes. that way. I was like, wait, let me, let me, let me qualify that. And yeah. any <laughs> travel locations that also came to mind that were great for solo, group, retreats, just anything. So anything along the best, and I don't like to say the worst, I like to say what we learn. You know, and maybe a transition. You know, so for me, for instance, bringing the family to Japan was a great trip, but not a surprise. We went to several destinations that I had been to previously, and there were things that I wanted them to see in Kyoto, in Tokyo, you know, places like that where I had been and I loved it. We went to some other places I hadn't been, like uh, Odaiba in Tokyo or uh, down to some other uh, cities, but. Largely, it wasn't a surprise. You know, it was a good question of were they going to enjoy it as much as I did, and they enjoyed it. Yes, did they enjoy everything I did the same way? No, but you know, you expect those sorts of things. Botswana was more of a surprise. Um, I had been on safari once before and in Tanzania, and 
I wasn't, I don't know what my expectations were for Botswana. I know it was safari and animals and that part of it was, was similar, but it is a very approachable country. It's the size of France or the size of Texas, but only 2 million people in the whole country. Oh, wow. Because in Houston is already over 3 million alone. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of animals, a lot of open spaces, or you know the Okavango Delta, which I was at, is this huge uh, infrastructure. You know where we would go out driving great distances and see maybe one other vehicle in the whole day. Oh wow! Um, you know, and you're talking about a country that has a third of Africa's elephants and you know just a, an abundance of wildlife. So that was. A, a very pleasant surprise. I'm actually taking a group of amateur traveler listeners back to Botswana, to South Africa, Botswana, and Victoria Falls in May. Oh wow, that's and awesome! I'm hoping that they have, you know, the kind of experience that I had there because it was it was truly wonderful. Mm-hmm. As far as just in and I think simply in the domestic uh, travel that I did last year, I got down to the Keys, I got to Miami as long as, as long as I was going down to Orlando. Those were great, but I expected those. Probably my biggest surprise was Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I've been there before. Was a trip for their new uh, legacy museum and their their monument for truth and justice, which has also been known as the lynching uh, memorial. Oh wow! That's not the official name, which was was stunning. But it was also just a fun city. Uh, We went to a a biscuits game, a a Montgomery Biscuits baseball game. I was going to ask what team that was. Amazing (laughs) little stadium. This is a double A team, but with luxury box suites, and uh, it was just a great trip down there. You know, enjoyed going to the little museum there that is dedicated to um, Rosa Parks and to, to that whole story that happened there. There's just so much history, history. right there in the Montgomery area that that was a real pleasant surprise. We did an episode of Amateur Traveler on Alabama because I traveled there a fair amount in the last two years and finally had enough to really do you know a bit, a bit of a love letter to the state as far as the travel goes. So. I love that and a lot of it and is also connects or correlates for me with Atlanta, for example, because as you know, there's a ton of history here with MLK and civil rights. Sure, absolutely. Just in general. And of course there's a lot of overlap with Alabama, with Tennessee, et cetera. Right. Well, when we were in uh, King's first congregation, which is where he was during the bus boycott, mm-hmm. you know, and stood on, you know, if you stand on this one street, you're standing right by where Rosa Parks got picked up by the bus and, you know, not only a block away from where she got arrested and you're right by the old, where the old slave market was and you're in view of where the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis, was sworn in and also in view of where you know, the governor of Alabama stood on the steps and said, Wallace, and said, you know, segregation, uh, segregation now, segregation forever, basically. Wow. And, but you're in the same street where the March to Selma ends. And it's just so much history happened in that one spot. And as a history buff, you know, and someone who lived through some of this, right? Some of this I was around for. <laughs> you're like, let me qualify. Seeing the yeah, shifts in mindset. Yeah, just prior to my, my being born, but some of it, you know, I remember the civil rights struggle was, well, is, is still going on, but was still going on in a major way when I was a kid. No, and I and can imagine. I from California with just astonishment, you know, we just didn't understand it. But. Well, and to your point, being, you know, in a state like California with a completely different mindset or different things that were happening in the South, right? Whether it was Georgia, whether right. it was, to your point, um, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, just so many different 
states that were completely in a different mindset, in a different avenue, in a different state of just everything. And actually, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because obviously I had no idea, you know, where or how our conversation was going to go, just like last time, which is great. <laughs> is ironically, earlier today, I was having a conversation with a great friend of mine who is also in the student experience. And to imagine what it is you know, to be someone that's African-American or to have family that experience like what you just, you know, where you were in Montgomery, Alabama, or, or the fact that you, when you were in California and you were witnessing, you know, all this as a child and wondering like, why is that state operating like that? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it, no, it was definitely very foreign to my experience uh, at the time and, and still. But as a student of history, it is something I found uh, fascinating. And, you know, I, I am not black. Uh, I, I'm pretty much as white as they get <laughs> without being albino. But, you know, to me, the heroes of the civil rights movement in the U.S. are, are my heroes. I mean, they, they are American heroes. They're not just heroes if you are of a particular shade. Mm-hmm. Well, and to your point, the civil rights heroes were all shades and shapes and sizes. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously we've spoken about Rosa Parks or MLK, but there was countless others from, you know, NAACP involvement. I mean, so many different things for years. And still, today, I was actually involved in the NAACP in college. <laughs> so it was, you know, plenty of us that joined different movements for whatever reasons. Um, what else with 2018? Chris, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Now I was asking what else with um, 2018 stood out to you and as you transitioned into 2019. Yeah, one of the things that has carried over into 2019 for me and for many of the, I want to say bloggers of my generation, at least in the travel blogging community, is a, an understanding, a yet another chance to improve our craft as bloggers and a lot of us have been spending a lot of time here over the last year uh, you know really focusing for instance on seo in a real way and really going back and rewriting posts or extending them or uh, doing a lot of the work we probably should have done all along but as things get more competitive we see that those who are really putting in that sort of work are, are rising to the top. They're really having more success. And so, you know, I've been doing that, but I know so many more people who are doing that as well. Uh, and it's interesting because there's a, there had been a tendency, I'd say, to say, you know, I published that post, I'm done. And now it often is the case that going back to some previous post and working on that is a more effective strategy for your business, your blog, you know, depending on your, how you define your business, than even creating new content. Uh, of course, there's that tension that you are still trying to create new content at the same time, but it, that is something that I have been working on 
much more last year and then into this year, especially as I'm you know, still between contracts from some things I should have written years ago, updating things, uh, looking for you know, actively creating links to content, those sort of things. I love it. And to your point, it's it really back to fundamentals. Back to the fundamentals and foundation, and also I'm sure also thinking about ways to create community, to collaborate, and to leverage content. You say leveraging content. Yep, leveraging and creating. Yeah, creating community, creating backlinks, creating partnerships. Like I've done a lot more now. We recently featured like Tailwind. We featured Kajabi because a it's valuable content. Yep. But B, there's more eyeballs, and then C, you have access to different platforms. Well, and then things constantly are changing in this business. Uh, you mentioned Tailwind, for instance. I've only recently, in the last week, for instance, started using their new feature. Oh, Smart Loop. To be able to do Smart Loops, and you know that is something that was not available before, and so. There's just no sitting still. <laughs> no, absolutely. They are actually, yeah, they're integrated into our mastermind now, and we just did a live with their community manager. Melissa is phenomenal. Yeah, and they're starting yep. to bridge into a lot more into Instagram as well. So, no, I love yep. that. Yeah, and Smart Loop, I can tell you, is amazing. I've seen quite a bit of growth on Pinterest and on our traffic just because of Smart Loop alone. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that, but I've just implemented it, so I can't tell you that that's the same for me. I'm sure with, with your past traction and then just your visibility and your awareness already with the podcast, with the blog, with the shows, I'm sure you'll see quite a noticeable difference with just the amplification and the leverage of it. Yeah. For well, sure. If nothing else, it does take some effort out of you know what you're doing, which is always helpful. Yes. Something else that needs attention. Because I'm sitting here talking to you and my smart loop is going, which is awesome. And as you know, a lot of times people don't read or listen to content the first time. So it keeps right. going. I love right. that. Well, and I have a, a project that I actually guess I wrote in 2018 that has not come out to the public yet, but I'm using my own tool for doing some of that same thing on, on Twitter. Uh, basically wrote my own Twitter management tool because I wasn't happy with what was out there um, that I'm hoping to turn into something that maybe you'll see someday as a, as a public tool. But, but the same sort of thing. I've got a loop basically of content that I've created over the years that I'm constantly adding to, but I'm also looking at every day, you know, what's going to come out and saying, no, that one's kind of dated. I think I'll take that one out of the, the, out loop. Of the rotation. No, I love I that. More than a thousand posts in there because I've been doing this for a while. So. Mm -hmm. That's the great aspect of consistency, right? And time. So, yeah. um, when you think about 2019, what else is or what's on the horizon, travel-wise? Uh, whether it's per just anything that, as you look back from 2018 into 2019, and or just travel-wise, professional-wise, you talked about SEO, you talked about scaling, automation. So just anything on those dynamics as a blogger, as a podcaster, as an entrepreneur. So uh, let me do that in, a, in not quite that same order. So as a, a podcaster, one of the things that I've started moving towards in 2018 and still is, is moving slower than I wanted in part because I'm waiting on a change by my hosting provider, Libsyn, is a real move to be selling more advertising to the, to the back catalog of my podcast. 
uh, to things that are not just coming out in the last in the current month. And for those who don't know, the way that podcast advertising is typically sold is it's typically sold baked into your episode, and then it stays in your episode forever, and that you get paid roughly for how many downloads you'll get in the first month. And that is very reasonable for some shows that all of the downloads happen in the first month because they're news-based shows or something like that. Uh, in which case, there's no difference between that and selling back catalog. In something like Amateur Traveler, where we have a lot of shows about destinations that people are still looking at, even though we did them two years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, because they are just going there now, that doesn't work out quite as well. So, for instance, in our busiest month last year, we have a, a cyclical pattern. We have the, the people who are the basic subscribers and listen to everything or almost everything, and then we have people who are specifically doing trip planning and are downloading multiple episodes trying to decide where to go. Mm -hmm. uh, the best example of that is the woman who wrote me and said, we didn't know where to go in Europe, so we downloaded 50 episodes of The Amateur Traveler and we're listening to this to try and make our decision, uh, which is at 7,000 words an episode, which is you know they're roughly 7 to 10,000 words, that would be the equivalent of about four and a half Harry Potter books worth of words, uh, to put that in perspective. But of course, people have more time to do that in a podcast format. Mm -hmm. She's doing that while she's driving, commuting, doing mm -hmm. dishes, walking the dog, whatever. But because of that, we see a spike tends to be in the summer. So this time of year, or December, tend to be our low, and then we'll ramp back up. And last year, you know, our worst month was probably 150,000 downloads or something like that for the show. And then the best month was 450,000 downloads. Do you tend to see kind of middle to the end of the year, or when do you see that? Middle, middle of the year. Okay, that's what I, was, I was curious, because I wouldn't see at July the end was, of. July was the biggest month last year uh, for that, because of the trip planning. Okay. But it will ramp up between now and then, typically. Makes sense. Uh, which is always very encouraging until August and, and September. <laughs> then it gets very discouraging as you watch it cramp. And I remember you but talking then, about the advertisement so last year. I'm um, not last year. I, well, it was last year in the last episode, also because you were already yeah. thinking about that and realizing the possibility. Yeah. So we were st still working towards that. It's gone slower than I wanted, but it's again one of those things that you know I need that to move the needle on the on the podcast advertising. Mm -hmm. So that's still in progress. Uh, hoped to be finished with that long before now. But the other thing you have to do is you have to do some groundwork. So for instance, I've changed all of the ads that I'm selling with the understanding that they will go in, but they will come back out after 90 days and we'll clear up that spot for because I don't get paid for the additional advertisements that are going on really after the 30 days. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that has uh, that's been a change that I've made in anticipation of this other one. <coughs> Uh, the other things that are going on in terms of, you know, again, contracting, I'm looking for more contract work. I haven't decided yet that I am done with that phase, but that may come. Uh, you know, really it's one of these things, at what point do I phase out of that part of my career and phase more into blogging and podcasting as my primary source of income? And then what does that look that, like for you in what that ways? That's a bit on how things go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, absolutely. What about destinations, Chris? Destinations. Uh, so, you know, uh, some quick domestic trips to LA, uh, Seattle, San Juan Islands, and Portland. And then I'm uh, coming up in April a 
a European barge cruise in southern France. Very cool. Uh, going up to, I don't know if you're familiar with the medieval city of Carcassonne. No, I am not. Uh, it's a really game of the same name, but uh, Carcassonne is, uh, you look up your Cathars uh, and medieval interesting uh, religious group, but uh, there's this interesting city of Carcassonne that still has its medieval walls and we'll be doing a barge cruise from the Mediterranean coast of France up into this region uh, close to the Pyrenees. Wow. Which just should be great fun. You know, this is one of these slow moving barges where you can get out and walk or get out and bike and explore the village while you catch mm -hmm. up with the, the barge line you're on. So my wife and I are looking forward to that. And then we just booked our, our airfare for the amateur travel trip to Africa. Okay. Uh, coming up here at the end of May to, uh, to as I said, South Africa to um, South Africa, Botswana, and Victoria Falls. And so we're doing that. And to have nothing planned in the second half of the year yet, uh, other than I think uh, possibly a road trip to see my 50th state because I'll be up at TVEX in Billings, Montana. And you might as well get to North Dakota if you're in If you're on, that, Billings, on the way, Montana. yes. It's, it's close enough, definitely. But, uh, but hopefully I will have other things planned. I just am back uh, two weeks ago from the New York Times Travel Show, the International Media Marketplace, and then also speaking at the Society of American Travel Writers where I was uh, at the IMM, International Media Marketplace, mm -hmm. I was pitching to a lot of uh, destinations, cruise lines, and those sort of things in terms of how we, we might work together. I love that. So it's an interesting business because some of that will never reach fruition. Some of that will reach fruition when you least expect it. Some in the short term, some in the long term, and you just never know. I think that's basic entrepreneurism. It's always something you have to keep going, right? You have to keep the pitching going while you're keeping all the other balls in the air. Yes, I tell people that all the time. Don't take your pedal off the metal, or don't like don't take your foot off the pedal. Like keep going because you don't know right. when, how, and in what way and to what extent. Because you might list this, but then it ends up being this, or you might list this and then it's this. Right. Right. So I love that. Um, any places that come to mind that you really, really feel like are great for solo versus group travel? And I'm going to definitely check out on that note, I'm going to check out IMM too. Yeah, many destinations for me, I don't know if there's a destination that are better for solo. I think many of the same destinations that are good for solo are good for, uh, sorry, are good for group are good for solo. There are some destinations where the reverse doesn't work quite as well. Um, so, for instance, I just was writing up our experience on the amateur travel trip to Morocco a few years back. Just finally got around to Turkey, taking the trip journal and turning it into a post on the site. And I was reminded of one of the young ladies who was on our group said that that day before we got there, when she was in Marrakesh in the Medina by herself, it was not comfortable. And yet, as soon as she joined a group trip, people, you know, left her alone. Basically, didn't didn't harass her. But as a solo woman, and sometimes in those countries where that is not normal, uh, it can be uncomfortable. I could see that so I for think sure. There are some places where group is is easier, especially if you're a, if you're a newer traveler or maybe a younger traveler. Uh, you know, on the other hand, you know. I have friends who go solo travel as a woman to India and other people who would not consider it. I was just about to use so. India as an example because I almost went to India by myself because my friend was yeah. getting married. 
Um, and I was like, even if I'm, I'm A, I'm going for her wedding. B, if it means that I'm going by myself, I'm still gonna go to Delhi, Agra, Jaipur by myself. And I told my mom, I was like, listen, you can have an opportunity to come with me, we'll have a driver, or I'm going by myself. So I almost went, but I know a lot of women that would absolutely not go to India, Morocco, or Egypt by themselves, or in several other countries. And I don't think, in general, if you you know keep your wits about you and are travel smart, uh, I, I wouldn't say don't go to those countries, mm -hmm. but it can sometimes be more comfortable. Yep. Uh, to be or to be with a man and I know that's terribly unfair <laughs> I was gonna say yeah it's I think it just depends on the woman it depends on the man it depends on the level of comfort yeah. and all of us have a very different comfort zone and especially with travel because travel as itself sometimes just brings people out of their comfort zone massively I, oh, it does it does just one of the things I love about it one of the things I love though is when we went so I took an amateur travel group to India and uh, had more women than men on that trip I think for that reason that some people said this is a good opportunity for me what year was that with a group of people that was uh, 2017 okay awesome and, and uh, I love one of the gals who was on the trip it was her second time outside the US she'd been in Mexico and this was her second trip was India you know dining a little bit deep end. Uh, there were you know places we went to and I wasn't that comfortable at times as we were just walking. The, the poverty in some places was, you know, a little, a little more uh, oppressive. But I love this person was so fearless. She would get in the tuk tuk and she'd say, "I want to see the countryside. Let's just go see the countryside." I'm thinking, "All right, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that." <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, you know, she had she had experience just heard a tuk tuk driver out of the countryside. That's hilarious because to your point, sometimes that like that childlikeness or that naiveness, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all, is completely refreshing, but then will sometimes cause people to do stuff that you're like, What? I like I wouldn't necessarily do that or recommend it, but okay, if that's what you really want to do and you feel excited and happy about it, go for it. <laughs> Well, I've, you know, had those moments where, you know, I climbed in the car, the stranger who, you know, didn't offer me candy, but other than that, it was pretty much what my mother told me not to do. Uh, I was in Oaxaca. Well, that's what, if you think about it, that's what Airbnb. Struck up a conversation. Yeah, well, yeah, we host people all the time who are strangers, and I've got uh, three strangers living with us right now. Uh, strangers, but that become friends. I mean, Airbnb, when I, even when I went to T-Bex last year, I stayed at an Airbnb in like a castle nearby. Well, I'm actually, I mentioned a trip to Seattle. We're actually going to Seattle for a wedding. The wedding is of a young man we met who stayed with us for the summer for Airbnb while he was a Google intern. See? Who we used to contact with. And, Friends. Uh, <laughs> we got invited to this wedding and we're going. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, I look at it like that's what Airbnb like, is. So. Airbnb and Lyft and Uber, it's like we get in the car with strangers all the time now right. and stay at people's houses or get hosted by strangers, whatever it is. Uh, I love that. I love that you guys are going to his wedding. If you're doing that too, so <laughs> just just so you know. So, I, and on the other hand, when we went to Japan, we made a stop in Shanghai on the way because a it was really good airfare, and then b it allowed us to see our Chinese daughter, uh, basically someone who stayed with us for two years uh, or almost two years as a student, and then later on her her boyfriend who's from here lived with us for you know, about six months while he was waiting to China. So. Yeah, we've made some really great experiences. We're going to see my uh, Brazilian daughter this weekend when we're down in LA. 
So. I love that. And like to your point, you have basically start to have friends, you know, nationally, internationally, just everywhere. Yeah, if you guys are ever in Atlanta, definitely let me know. Like definitely, definitely let me know. And where are you based, Chris? I'm in San Jose, California. Okay, I knew you were in California, but I didn't know exactly where. Are you going yeah, to the Pinners? I've done 18 years in Silicon Valley startup companies. Because I remember we talked about silicone, so I didn't know uh, if you were... Venture-based startup companies. Yeah, not, not counting my own you know, bootstrapping and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm a Silicon Valley guy. I love it. Um, are you going to the Pinners conference by chance? I am not currently scheduled to go to the Pinners okay. conference. I, I think I'm... I'm no, I'm one tier below that, I, I feel. <laughs> because side note, I'm actually going to be a speaker at, I'm doing a DIY hands-on smoothie bowls in California next month. Huh? You're in San Jose, so how far are you from LA or from Ontario? Uh, so LA is a six-hour drive. Uh, That's what I thought. No traffic. Yeah, I was figuring because I'm like, you're further down. Ontario is about seven hours. Yeah, and Ontario is even further. It's not exactly in LA or in Long Beach, etc. Um, the, the Inland Empire. Yes, it is the Inland Empire. Um, if That is where the very first podcasting conferences were was in Ontario, California. Wow, that's interesting to know. Well, if anything brings you closer to like LA or Long Beach the first week, um, worst week, weekend of March, let me know because I would love to host you even in person and, and or just connect in person since we met, we missed each other at TVEX officially. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, let me know the dates. I, I get down there occasionally. I yeah, it is. Hold on. Let me look at my dates real quick. My son lives in LA and he is our It is. <laughs> it is March. March. It's literally like in a month. It's March 8th and 9th. I think I'm in France. Oh, so then you definitely can't make it. Because <laughs> it just dawned on me. I was like, wait, I'm going to California. But I will definitely let you know if I'm there again. And then as you grow and things progress with Tailwind and with Pinterest, you may definitely want to check you know, out their avenues of speaking as well because it's such a great platform too. It is. Um, anything else you want to add about 2019 before we wrap up? Um, just on your mind, any advice, any tips, You're just anything. Up and oh. oh, can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, but you're, you're coming and going. Oh, I'm going to have to try hangouts. In terms of, uh, tips, I think, yeah, in terms of tips, I would kind of underline the, you just have to keep moving, uh, that the technology keeps changing, the environment keeps changing. You know, I'm just thinking of Google Plus, for instance, it wasn't that long ago that I was at conferences and they were recommending, here's how you can get seen on Google Plus, and now I, I you noticed here in the last couple weeks that Buffer is saying, yeah, we don't even do Google Plus anymore. We, just, they're, we know they're not dead till April, but forget it. Uh, and it just, the goalposts keep moving, the tools keep moving, the technologies keep moving, Google keeps changing algorithms, uh, everything is uh, constantly moving forward. And you just have to keep, if you want to be successful in this area, you have to enjoy learning new things. Yes, and to stay and relevant. You, you have to find someone who enjoys learning new things 
and delegate because somebody is going to have to be doing that on your team. Absolutely. And to your point, even Social Media Examiner just released that they stopped posting and won't be posting anymore on Pinterest at all. Oh, really? Yeah, which I found very interesting. It's like, for a lot of people, that's the number one driver. And with a tool like Tailwind, where you have a smart loop, like, why would well, you... But they're in a different space. They're not in the DIY. They're not in travel. They're not in food. They're not in visual. Exactly. Uh, in the same way. And I, I do find that when I post things for... Remember, I have four podcasts, right? And one of them is targeting PR, PR. marketing. Mm -hmm. The Passport Travel Marketing PR podcast. So that is their kind of audience, but even more niche. I don't find those pins do that well at all on, mm -hmm. on Pinterest because that's just not what people go there for. Yeah, you have your Marriott PR person. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. and, and LinkedIn is a much better platform for those business sort of things. B2B. Um, and I, yeah, and I'm doing more on LinkedIn these days, especially video. If Likewise. I video, it goes up there too. So it depends a lot on where your people are. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably, I could believe that that is a good move for them in their space. Mm -hmm. With me on It's a Fit Life Creation Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to our fitlifecreation.com website, follow us on all our social channels, and explore our freebies library. You'll find freebies on health, freebies on wealth, freebies on biz, and all-in-one. Explore at our experiences, events, Influencers, we help the community and influencers get healthy, make money, and build brands to create a life and a business you love.